everybody, welcome back to Views from the Arch. I am your host, Delvon, and we have a pretty big episode today. We're talking police and defunding them. So, you know, before we get into this one, um, it's a pretty big topic right now, and I kind of held off doing it. You know, when I originally started the podcast, a lot of people said, hey, man, you should talk about, uh, you know, police and defunding them. Like, you know, not only from a police officer's perspective, but, you know, like, you know, from a black man's perspective. And, uh, you know, I told me, like, you know, you know, I, I want to give it a minute. Now, I want to give it a second before I, before I dive into that one. Now, I want to plan this out. You know, I, I want to kind of talk to some people. Um, hopefully, I think I we might have a guest in the future to come on for uh, for a segment on this. You know, right now it's just going to be me and my lovely voice. But uh, hopefully my guests will come through, which is very important to me. You know, I want to have an individual whom I might not agree with. Uh, I don't want a handshaking contest on this topic. But today we're going to hear my thoughts and feelings. Um, you know, starting off, you know, my, my feelings on the defund and or dismantle the police movement. In some places, they're like Minneapolis, they're dismantling their police. Um, which I'm just going to get to that at the very end, because that's just going to be quick and sweet. Uh, <laughs> you know, defunding the police, my initial reaction was iffy. You know, um, I saw what they wanted to say. I saw what they wanted to do. I don't think the approach was appropriate, right? Um, and I, I think it was done to haste, you know, within haste, right? I think that departments, departments defunded far too quickly. It, I don't think people really took the time to look into the budget. Where's all this money going? It's all this money for? What are we going to lose? What can we lose? Can we trim some fat? You know, looking into a budget takes time. It takes time. A company won't, a million dollar company won't even get a hundred thousand dollar rename without looking into what does this do? <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. Been a, had like a, like allergies recently. And like they've been really killing me. So I'm trying to survive that. Uh, so you guys might hear me periodically. Pause for a second. I'm getting some water. Uh, try to not cough as much as possible. Um, so my initial reaction, though, was it's knee-jerk, right? It, it's a knee-jerk reaction. Um, it's a knee-jerk punishment reaction to what's going on in the country revolving around, uh, you know, I know it's, you know, the primary thing is death of black men. Um, I, you know, tend to lean more towards just, you know, death period. Um, you know, then this isn't the first time we've been here, right? This isn't the first time we've, we've seen this. We saw this in, you know, between 1971 and 1990s when the war on drugs was at, was at its biggest, right? And we saw the police become massively defunded after the, again, another knee jerk reaction to the war on drugs. The only problem is when you defund the, the police departments, what you saw was a increase in crime. Um, you saw an increase in crime. You saw an increase of uh, death. And, you know, this is going to be for many reasons. Um, the first reason is when you take away police officers, there's a power vacuum. Right. There's going to be a power vacuum. Um, there's there, there's not going to be a a force that can replace the police department unless you have privatized security, which is basically going to be based on neighborhood or by who can afford it, which I don't think is right either. I think that the, it's a very good thing that the police are for everybody. Um, but, you know, defunding police is more than just let's take some money away. Well, you take that money away and then what? You know, you're going to have uh, officers get fired and laid off. You're going to have training go undone, right? Like, 
it's going to take, you know, people keep screaming for more training, but then they're saying, we'll take away their money. Okay. Well, if you take away their money, how are they going to train more? You know, that's the thing I always, I always ask people is you can take away their money, but what are they going to do for training? Because it takes money to train people, right? So police parts by and large, don't just do, you know, a random rinky dink training. A lot of them could call in like experts, right? Like if you're going to learn about mental health, they're going to have psychiatrists or psychologists from uh, whatever university might be nearby come over or whatever major hospital with a major psych unit. They might come, they might, the doctor might come in and talk, right? But those people cost money, not just money, they cost salary, right? They cost probably bigger money, right? You don't just want to have some police officer say, all right, guys, there's mental health for the day. No, you have like an actual person come in and talk about it, right? So I think defunding, you're going to see an issue with training. Um, you're also going to see wait times rise. You know, the big thing about about the police and defunding them is, well, if there's less police, there's less units. Which means you're going to see wait time rise. You know, you, your, your stolen car might go unanswered for several hours because there's a bunch of assaults and other violent crimes out there and your car's already gone and you're okay. So you can wait. <laughs> right. I mean, it, in uh, cities have a variety of ways they prioritize calls. They try to weed out calls by sending them maybe to a, to a call screener to help take reports. There's a lot of ways that the, that the cities uh, do that. And it's because the cities are so busy as it is, but not only will wait times rise, you're going to see a rise in EMS, right? <clears throat> You're going to see a rise in EMS and firefighters not being able to get to who they need to get to. Because ultimately, as a pretty much national rule, firefighters and EMS won't go into anything that they think is not safe without police presence. So police get called anyways. But there's not enough police officers to get to your emergency. They're not going to be... That means EMS isn't going to go either. They're going to go somewhere else to help somebody else out because they have their own calls waiting, right? So they're not going, it's going to cause an increase in EMS and firefighters. And I think that is honestly a true tragedy because, you know, if you're calling for EMS, but there's a hectic scene, you probably need them. Like, for instance, a shooting victim, somebody who's ODing in a house, it could be a house party, right? Um, Somebody who's cut pretty deep and they're bleeding pretty bad, but it's on an assault call, right? So the police, you know, you right. So EMS won't go into the police get there. Now, I also think that with less police officers comes longer hours, harder hours, and I think that you know a lot. The big thing that people were talking about is, okay, well, you know, mental health and police. Well, if they're if they're working harder, longer, more stressful hours. What do you think it's going to do to their mental health? It's probably not going to help. So I think we're talking about defunding the police. You know, what does that look like? You know, if it's going to look like less officers, more wait times, less, less, you know, first responder overall services, then no, because the general safety of the public won't benefit from that, right? I don't think it'll benefit from less officers, less EMS, less firefighters. It's not going to benefit either from the police force you do have being stressed because they're not either a getting enough days off because there's not enough cars, there's not enough manpower, right? There's there's too many calls. They're working longer hours. You know, I, I don't think these things are going to be very useful in the grand scheme of things to the public. Um, yeah, and it's. You, and you have to also look at where the money is going. So if you're going to defund police, cool, cool. But where's that money going? What are we doing with that money? People say, well, give it back to the neighborhoods. No. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? What you need to do is you need to have probably a separate service of people or hire people who strictly deal with mental health calls, right? Use that money and make an incentive for social workers to come on to the department to respond to those mental health calls, to respond to calls for the homeless, to respond to calls for, you know, disturbances relative to, you know, you lost the food stamps, right? To respond to those types of assignments where 
They just need a social worker. They just need a doctor. Right. You know, I know doctors don't do house visits anymore. But what if there was somebody who could jump into a car with a social worker and respond to the OD before EMS even gets there and help them out? What if there was somebody who can respond to, you know, the call for help for a suicidal patient? Not not guys with bulletproof vests and guns, but guys with, you know, nice suits and coats. What if that was something that we did with that money? Rather than saying, you're defunded, haha, we got you, police. One me, zero you. No, actually, zero nobody. Because that money went to where? Back into the hands of politicians at City Hall? To do what? To do what? Are they fixing your roads? Are they expanding your your bus route? Are they going to make more railroad lines for the metros? What are they doing with the money? Where is it going? Why is it going there? It's my tax dollars. I want to know these things, right? If my city says we're defunding the police department, cool, where's the money going and why? Do I get a say? Do you have any idea? Or are you just going to take cops off the street because, you know, one, you know, one, you, zero them? Because ultimately, I have to utilize those services, right? Just, just you know, quick things I think about when it comes to the knee-jerk reaction of defunding the police. So a couple other things that I know are going to revolve around this topic, but don't be directly related. Something I've always noticed in a lot of these police videos is rights, right? Um, you don't have the right to do that, officer. You don't have the right to, you don't have the right to handcuff me right now. You don't have the right to do X, Y, Z. You don't have the right to search me, right? It all comes down to rights. And what I realized when I watch these videos is that these people don't know their rights, they don't really they don't really know their rights. And I know they don't know their rights because they don't know the police officers' rights. So if you don't know, because believe it or not, police officers have rights afforded to them by the Supreme Court. So if you don't know your rights, how are you going to know the rights of law enforcement? Or are you gonna know the rights that you're going up against? Because I guarantee you most law enforcement officers know your rights. They know their rights. So they know how to get around your rights. So, for example, um, one I always tell people to look up is MIMS v. Pennsylvania, M-I-M-M-S v. Pennsylvania, which stated that a driver can be removed from a vehicle for seemingly no reason. If an officer stops you on a traffic stop and he says, step out of the vehicle, when you say no, you're resisting arrest. The officer can then remove you from the vehicle. Because as a, as a motor vehicle operator, you're supposed to know that. You're supposed to know that if you get pulled over and the officer says to get out, you might not like it, you might not like him, but you got to get out. Because he's asking you to. And it's in, it's in, it's by the Supreme Court, you can do that. You know, uh, you see officers pat people down. Oh, hey, officer, you can't touch me, you can't touch me. Well, wrong. Uh, Terry, Terry v. Ohio, T-E-R-R-Y v. Ohio. If an officer is going to be on a traffic stop with you or in your residence relative to a disturbance or you have a or you're the subject of an assignment, they can search the outside of your clothing for weapons. That is their right. So it, it always becomes very tricky when the officer says, I'm gonna search you. And the guy starts fighting. No, 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 that you can't, that's illegal, that's illegal, that's illegal. No, what's illegal is you fighting the police. When they go to court, they're going to say, hey, I want to do a Terry search. What they call it? They call it a Terry Frisk. Check them for guns, bombs, knives. Why? Because people shoot and stab police officers. It happens all the time. We're not going to act like it doesn't. So they're allowed to do that. What you're not allowed to do is fight law enforcement because you think you're being violated. I always tell people, if you think your rights were violated, cool. Cool. Eat the L. Cool. Ain't take them to court and you sue them later because you will win with a pro bono lawyer, right? You will win. Happens all the time. I've seen it happen. I've, I've read news articles happening all the time. Cop by me, this, this, and that. Body cam and all that shows it. Boom. Officer gets dismissed. Boom. You go to court. Boom. Paid. 
All I'm saying is, you start fighting, you're immediately in the wrong. You're going to immediately be in the wrong. And it's always over, like, minute laws, which is always something I always said as well. You know, it's always over minute laws, like, oh, I, why, I jumped a turn at the uh, Metrolink. You know, oh, I got a blinker out. You know, it's, it's always the most minute because it's uh, because those things are the biggest agitations for people. It's not big stuff like, hey, I hit my girlfriend in the eye and now her eyes black. And I'm going to go jail on assault charge. No, man, you knew that was coming. You're not mad about that. What you're mad about is the cop who pulls you over because your rear tail lights out. That's annoying. Right? That's annoying. Your plates are a month old. That's annoying. Right? You're annoyed. You know, so I always tell people, on, on top of police reform, we need a little bit of reform in the jailing system and a little bit of reform for the current law, right? What laws are police policing and why are they policing those laws? How important are those laws? Are those laws important enough to find me? Are those laws important enough to put me in jail? You know, how important are those laws? And what are those laws doing to protect society you know is it that i don't have a right blinker what how dangerous is that right can i get a fine should i be able to go to jail we start looking at the laws minimum sentencing right something i always talk about is minimum sentencing it seems that people catch unfair breaks in a lot of these cases it seems that people, you know, because of their priors or X, Y, and Z, but they seem to always go either against minimum sentencing. You know, and a lot of people blame the police for the for the for the for people in jail. I always tell people, police just enforce the laws on the books. And really, police officers have no say so on what happens in a courtroom. They might come to court and speak, but they have really no say so. The whole thing is this, if you have if you have the monies, right, the monies for a lawyer, you'll probably get off, get probation. Public defender, you're cutting a deal, man. You're cutting a deal. So the, the, the system isn't fair because it's built for people with money. It's not that law enforcement is racially targeting people. The court system and the overall system is built against poor people. Watch your tail light out. I can't afford to get a new one. Why not? I'm check to check with two kids, man. What do you want from me? Why you got why your plates bad? I couldn't get them flipped. Why not? Dude, I'm working two jobs. I got three kids. I'm check to check. Like, come on. I'm really putting gas in this thing. This thing's from this, you know, this car's from 01. Cut me a break. Why you have warrants? I couldn't pay the tickets. What tickets? Well, I just got a ticket on my plates and I got a ticket for my light for my real tail light and I couldn't pay them. Why not? Man, Stan told the judge, Stan told the cop, man. I got three jobs, two jobs, three kids. I'm check to check. I ain't got the money. Whatever extra money I got, my kids need, my kids need new sneakers, man. My kids need, you know, they need this, they need that. You know, they're, they're busy. It's busy out here. It's geared against, it's geared against poor people. Which, a separate issue I can get into right now, but I will admit African-Americans are, by and large, by and large, disenfranchised and are in the poverty range, right? They're in the lower class, you know, but the court system and the current laws and a lot of those current laws are actually not in favor of lower class citizens. It's hard to maintain and own a vehicle, plates, uh, sales tax, property tax, registration, um, any repairs, right? Safety and emissions. Something's going to go wrong with you. Got to fix it, right? It's, it, and there's so many laws around. I keep sticking to motor vehicles because there's so many laws around motor vehicles in themselves. There's a plethora of things around motor vehicles. And then you have stuff like parking tags, right? It's just like money, 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 money. You go to court. You ain't got a lawyer to get that stuff off your record. Cool, big dog, you lost your license. How am I supposed to go get? How am I supposed to go to my two jobs to feed my three kids? I don't have a license. I can't drive. I don't know. That's your problem. Okay, driving. Get pulled over. Your license is revoked, man. Here's another ticket. <laughs> it's it's a revolving door, 
you have to realize it's a door. It's not a white black thing, at least not for me personally. For me, it's a it's it's a lower class thing. It's money. Because if you have money, you don't have those problems. Your car is straight. Your tags are twenty twenty two. Your car's got safety emissions in the car still with your registration right by with your insurance right. You don't have these problems. If you get a ticket, cool man, I'll pay that. Whatever. Parking tag, cool man, I'll pay that. Whatever. I want that on my license. I get a lawyer, man. It's hundred hundred bucks. I get a lawyer, man. Right. Being middle class and above. Sorry, I paused to get a drink of water. I warned you guys. Being middle class and above, that's gonna seriously help you out in that race. It's gonna help you out in that in that race, man. It's a marathon. But a lot of these laws and a lot of the court system is geared towards lower class citizens. It, 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 it you have to look at that as what it is what it is. It's not white, it's not black, it's money, it's green. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that's the way it is. And until we change that to where the guy with the public defender can't catch the same break as the guy with the high-powered attorney, you're never going to have a fair system. White, black, Asian, gay, straight, Muslim, you're never going to have a fair system. Because the guy with the money, you know what they say, man, money talks, the rest of it, it walks. And those are honest things. Those are very honest things. And this is why I get to my next point. The police are always to blame for that. And I get it. The cop wrote you the ticket, right? I get it. The cop locked you up on those warrants. Well, what are the cop's obligations? Is he obligated to do that? His body cam's on. He knows the crime. Does he have to write the ticket? I don't know. What does his department say? I don't know. What does the state say? I don't know. Where's the officer discretion? If the body cam's on, you have warrants. Does he have to take you? So a, a lot of that is, you know, the system makes a complaint. The body cam's running. The officer's hearing it. Even if the body cam's not running, he's still hearing it. It's his job. Someone says, so-and-so hit me. Look at my eye. Eyes a little red, puffy, swollen. Now you're locked up on assault charge. Now you're mad at the system. Now you're mad at the police officer. I mean, the whole thing is, what is the obligation of law enforcement moving forward? What's the, what's the obligation of law enforcement in a society where the cameras are rolling? How much can they look past? How much can they ignore? That's a citizen. No, that's not a citizen. That's a question that we, the citizens, need to ask ourselves when we usher into the new age of ultimately camera, right? Camera. Everyone's have cameras. You have cameras on the cops. Well, they have cameras on you. They have a body cam. They have car cam. They have the street light cam. Everybody has cameras. So what does this look like? How much can they really ignore? So the question then becomes, if they can't ignore it, how much of it is their problem? I mean, <laughs> I don't mean to be cold, but I mean, is it, I mean, big dog, is this a you problem? I feel like, you know, I mean, the, a police officer might be thinking, I can pour one out for the brother, but I got to be able to feed my own. So this ain't my problem. I mean, he have to get these tickets. This ain't my problem. Right? So it, it becomes a question of how much of it is really the problem of a court the problem of an officer, the problem of you, the individual, and the problem of the laws on hand on the books. Because personally, if we're defunding the police department, we need to be defunding a whole bunch of other stuff too and really looking into what's going on. What's going on with DMVs? Why can't people get their papers straight? What's going on with all these laws around the cars? Because a lot of this stuff that I see on social media, people getting pulled over. It's always about a car. Hey, man, your tags are bad. Hey, man, you know, you got this wrong with the vehicle. Hey, man, you got a dent. <laughs> it's always something with a vehicle, right? What are the laws about? Jeez, man, I don't know. Walking through somebody's yard, is that trespassing? You see a bunch of videos. Hey, whose yard are you in? Oh, I'm cutting through. Nah, man, that, that's trespassing. You don't belong in that guy's property. You know what I mean? I mean, you have to really start looking at what are the laws, Right. So we're going to take a quick break. Really, uh, like I said, really quick. Uh, we're going to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to get into police shootings, police brutality and bias on law enforcement. Hello, everybody. I know you know me, but I'm going to tell you again. I'm your phenomenal host, Delvon. Let's talk about somebody. Let's talk about Anchor. Listen, I use Anchor for Views from the Arch. I've had a previous podcast. 
I used Anchor on that podcast. I think Anchor is a phenomenal website to use if you're a starting podcaster and you want to get your voice out there. They will help you. They will push your podcast out to places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I think if you're an individual and to start a podcast, please consider using Anchor. Anchor is a great website. Simple, easy, and quick to use. All right, so now we're back. Let's talk a little bit about bias. So, you know, in part, well, I guess in large, I always notice that there's a heavy, heavy bias. Either a lot of these videos by police and body cams and shootings and resisting, and it's always influenced by one of two things. You like the cops, you don't like the cops. I never see the middleman. <laughs> I never see the middleman. The middleman's never there. You know, the middleman's never like, hey, uh, they chased him down. Uh, they did pepper spray him. Uh, I don't like that. Why was he running away from them? <laughs> right? I mean, uh, I watched a video last where a guy was uh, high speeding from the police and he hit a pole. And the, uh, the young man did perish. Um, and... A lot of people were mad. They're like, why are the police chasing him? Why are they chasing him? Why are they chasing him? And the police are like, well, uh, he's wanted for shooting at somebody and possibly striking them. Okay. So, you know, me, I'm like, okay, you know, uh, you know, if, if the pursuit's getting too dangerous, you know, we have his plate. We know who he is. We can put him out wanted, right? Get him later. At the same time, I'm kind of like, you just pulled over and ate them charges, big dog. I mean, you'd have been all right, right? Like you... If you would have pulled over and been like, they're like, get out the car. You got the car. You put your hands up. You got cuffed. You would have went home or, well, to jail, but you would have been alive, right? So for me, I always try to look at it from both ends, which is sometimes hard, especially when talking to people because most people are, I don't like the cops. I like the cops. Blue line. Fuck the blue line. (laughs) That's kind of what I see online. Most people are like, yeah, blue line. The other guy's like, Fuck you and your blue line. And I'm like, huh. Hmm. Well, I see how that conversation is about to go. Nowhere. So for me, it's a lot of bias against police. I think you need less. You need less bias. You have to be able to look at every situation, every case. You know, we can't keep doing this thing where when a black man dies, we riot. There's been several. Um, I don't have their names right in front of me, but... There was a wild video where the police showed up. I think it was in New York. And they went to go arrest this young man. And they put one young man in handcuffs. And out of nowhere, another young man starts shooting at the police. Just pulls a gun and starts shooting. It was crazy. And the cops turn around and go, whoa, he's shooting. And they shoot him back. And the young man dies. And people protested. And the video is actually so cut and dry that that, that, man, I wish I really had the department released it. Like within within 12 hours, unheard of, unheard of. Within 12 hours, they have like a little recording. Look, like somebody took a cell phone and recorded the body cam footage on a computer screen and gave that to the news and said, there, release that. It was that good of a shooting. And of course, I said this before, I said during George Floyd, when I say good shoot, I mean legally good shoot. Obviously, I don't mean, you know, guy deserved to die good shoot. I mean... In the confines of the law, if this officer went to court, what would happen? Deemed not guilty, keep your job, keep your pension, good shooting, right? Legally good shooting. Um, so the, the shooting was that good that they're like, here, give them that. We'll give you the finished version in a minute. It was wild. It was absolutely wild. And I've seen more and more and more of those videos. I've seen more and more and more of those videos. Black man in the middle of the street wielding a knife. Law enforcement says, hey, hey, man, drop the knife. I'm going to help you. Black guy charges cop. Cop shoots him. Cop doesn't want to get stabbed. Right? You know, the 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 whole thing about de-escalation is if you want to be de-escalated, you have to be, you have to be compliant. You can't de-escalate somebody who doesn't want to be de-escalated. It doesn't work that way. If they're on 10 and they want to be on 10... We don't want to come off 10. We're not going to be able to really de-escalate that person, right? You're going to have to pick a different route. Maybe you let them calm down. 
If they're getting violent, maybe it's time we take them into custody by force, right? It, but you can't de-escalate somebody who's on 10, especially if they know they're going to go to jail for a long time. Now, this gets into my earlier conversation about defunding. I do think police have too many hats, right? Police officers are EMTs. They're um, counselors. They're teachers. They're school counselors. They're marriage counselors. They're social workers. They're law enforcement. They're firefighters. They're, they're everything. Policemen are anything you need. Mechanics. They're anything you need them to be when you call, which I think is setting up anybody for failure. That's like having your doctor being a police officer. I mean, you're setting you're setting them up for failure. I think law enforcement wears too many hats, more uh, more safety nets for the public when it comes to law enforcement. So the guy who's calling because he's suicidal, cool, send the doctor and social worker over there. If they need law enforcement, they can call. If he's armed with a weapon, when they get there, call law enforcement. Or if he's armed with a weapon per the caller, send law enforcement first. Make sure he doesn't have a weapon on him. Law enforcement can call for the for the on-call social worker and doctor. They can come on out, and law enforcement leaves, and then EMS can come. Right? I mean, you can always do, right? You can take away those hats. Take away so many hats. There's no reason to wear so many hats. So I'm going to get into a touchier subject really quick, and this is, uh, you know, relative to... I, I see it all the time online. It's all about police brutality, the black man's being hunted and killed. And, you know, I have to really say, and I know this is going to be real unpopular, I'm not with it. I, I ain't with it. I think it's clown talk. Um, I don't think that African Americans are being hunted down by law enforcement and killed because there'd be no more black people in this country, right? There would be no more black people. The numbers don't support that that is true. And the numbers don't support that people aren't going to jail for shooting unarmed black men. It's not true, right? Uh, it's a statistical error. It's not true. The The stats we're seeing in 2020, they're still, they're still including all the way back to uh, George Zimmerman. They're still going back to Michael Brown. They're just lumping all these young black men, all these shootings, making this one mega number over the past four, five, six, seven years. That's disingenuous. It's disingenuous to do that. It's it's also intellectually dishonest. I, you know, and why I understand that certain people have, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and a lot of people have told me, you know, hey, D, you know, man, like I'd be for real afraid to get in the car. Now, when I'm whipping, I'm, I'm afraid. Man, if I get pulled by the police, then what? What happens? Right? Because I see it. I see it on social media. Guy gets ripped out the car. You know, he gets softened up a little bit, put in jail. Boom. You know, or, you know, guy gets softened up a little bit. While they're softening him up, guy, guy, you know, makes a reflex like that. Now he's dead. Right? I've had friends be like, hey, man, I'm nervous about this. Like, what do I do? I tell them all the time, hey, man, comply. Keep them hands on 10 and 2. Yes, sir. No, sir. Hey, you know, hey, uh, hey, sir, hey, Mr. Officer, my wallet's in my front left pocket. Can I grab it? If he says yes, hey, officer, you want to shine that light down here? You can see what's going on. Hey, officer, I got insurance and registration in the glove box. You know what I'm saying? And I tell people the time. Because I, I have a lot of friends who all, I have a lot of friends, young black men as well, uh, who carry. I'm a young black man. I carry everywhere I, I carry everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, I live in the city. I carry everywhere I go. I live, I live in a major city. You will never catch me in a major city without my firearm. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> because it's dangerous out here. It's random. It's random dangers out here, right? So a lot of friends I have are like, man, you know, I, I drive with my gun. Um, what do I do when they pull me over? And I'm like, hey, man, be honest. But hey, officer, um, I can step out if you want me to. I have this Glock 40. It's on my hip, my left hip. I'll keep my hands where you can see them. You want to take the firearm off me or can I keep it on me? And nine times out of ten, when that conversation starts off like that, 
most law enforcement be like, you're right to have a gun, man. Just please don't make any movements for the side of your body unless you need to. And please tell me. And that's for everybody's safety. Because like I said, police officers do get shot randomly out here. They do get shot randomly. I can't tell you how many end of watches I've seen on Facebook via friends, via other police departments, hitting my news feed, uh, getting filled in by that by other viewers of my podcast. Hey, you know, hey, uh, they be like, hey, D, I just, we just had an end of watch here, man. Like, this is crazy. This violence is crazy out here. When are you going to talk about this violence out here, man? And I tell them all the time, hey, man, I got a segment coming up. I got a segment just on violence. You know, I'm hoping to get a cure for violence member. Uh, on my show, we talk about violence. It's violent out here, right? It can be very, very violent. So it's always good to be up front, right? Be up front. Hey, officer, I got a gun on me, man. Hey, officer, there's a gun in that glove box, man. My, my insurance is in there. How you want to play that? You want me to step out? You, want, you and your partner want me to step out? Maybe hand. I mean, even if you go in handcuffs, I tell people all the time, if you go in handcuffs, you're not on, you're not you're not on arrest. And you have every right to ask them, hey, hey, officer, before you cuff me, I want to know, am I under arrest? Nine times out of ten, in the videos I see, nah, man, you're just going to be, nah, man, you're just detained until we get that firearm rendered safe for both you and me. Oh, okay, cool. And they come right back out of the handcuffs. I have seen plenty of videos. And I know these don't circulate online because they're not interesting. I've seen plenty of boring videos where the cop cuffs them. Pulls the gun out. Young black man says, hey, I'm going to take, take your magazine out. I'm going to pop the one out the chamber. I'm going to put the ammo in the back seat. I'm going to put the gun back. Uh, I'm going to put the gun underneath your, your, your passenger side. And that's just for safety. So, you know, please don't go grab the gun or anything like that until we pull off. Okay? All right, Mr. Officer. Cool. Uncuff. Hey, man, why don't you just on the back of the hood? We don't really let people get back in the car when... You know, there's a gun in there. Now we know you know us and whatnot. So, because you don't know, you don't know people, right? Well, this guy's wanted for something serious, like a kidnapping. And he's like, oh, I ain't going to jail for that. Well, they're going to run my name. No, sir. No, sir. Right? You don't know these people. Law enforcement does not know us. We don't know them. So it's just a safety thing for me. I always tell people comply and be upfront. But I understand that fear. I understand that fear. Because me myself, I grew up in the I grew up in the ghetto. I grew up in the hood for a little bit, and I've got, I've gotten stopped and harassed. Right, I've been the guy matching the description. You know, young black male, you know, with a fade and uh, some basketball shorts on, jersey. I've been that guy. I've been stopped. I ain't like it. it. Ain't feel good. I was like, bro, why y'all? Why y'all running up on me, man? Hold on, hold on. It ain't ain't like that. Calm down. (laughs) I've been in the car, pulled over, nice neighborhood, right? Looking like we don't belong. Everybody stepped out the vehicle. Everybody's in handcuffs. I've been there. It sucks. I know. I don't play that cheap. Trust me and believe. So I understand when people, I've even had viewers, hey, man, like, Talk about it for a minute on, on your next podcast and you do the defund podcast. How do I fix that fear? And I say you fix that fear by by treating people how you want to be treated. If a if a if a if a white lady saw saw you, and I'm talking to my black men, if if a nice white lady saw you and she clenched her purse and turned away a little bit and maybe started walking a little quicker or found a, a group of gentlemen to stand by, how would you feel? How would you feel if you walked into a nice store? But, you know, it, it's a nice store and you're trying to buy yourself a suit, but it's your day off work. I'm trying to chill. So I'm in my, you know, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all black hoodied up with my sweatpants on, gold chain. You know, I'm, you know, I got my nice, you know, I got my watch, but they're watching you. You don't belong here. Why are you here? How would you feel? I tell people the same thing is about law enforcement. When you, when law enforcement approaches and you start going on, you know, Oh man, why'd y'all stop me? Cause I'm black and this, that, and the other. You're immediately creating an environment where, not that I'm saying it's deadly, but an environment of, well, this is a little more standoffish than I was really hoping for. Like, it's part of the cop is thinking. They're like, whoa, hold on, man. I just pulled you over because you're you from 2016. <laughs> Which in my city is something you'll see a lot. Like, I'm like, why are you a place from like 2016? 
And then why are you, I saw a brother get mad <laughs> because the officer, I'm at a red light and the police officer whoop, up behind him. I see this dude pull over. My windows are down. You know, I'm, I'm getting my little vibes on. The officer walks up, he says, and the guy goes immediately, also what, it can't be driving while black day, huh? And the officer goes, no, your plates are four years old. They're from 2016. What's going on? <laughs> He's like, it's nothing to do with the color of your skin. First of all, your tents are on zero. I can't see in your vehicle. Second of all, those plates are four years old. That's all I care about. And I, I was laughing in my car. And admittedly, I shouldn't have been because the, the officers heard me laughing, trying to smile. But it was just so funny because, I mean, I drive, uh, you know, I drive I drive an SUV. I got murdered out windows. They're they're on, I mean, they're on like zero. You can't see any of those things. My plates are good, though. The rest of my insurance is solid. But it just always amazes me. I'm like, why are you mad at him for stopping you and your plates are old? Anyways, I, <laughs> that just made, that, that made me think about some things. It made me laugh. But. You know, and I tell people, even if you're wrong, right, you don't have any insurance, your license revoked, uh, you know, you're riding on them bad plates, those bad temp tags, right? Temp tags, get everybody. You got bad temporary plates. And they pull you over. Don't, you don't got to give me any attitude. Just be like, hey, uh, hey, officer, what's going on? Now, when people, now when officers start getting, getting rowdy and we start softening people up and we start getting loud for no reason, you know, hey, put your phone out, record. I tell friends, I tell friends all the time. If if you're that uncomfortable on a traffic stop, when an officer stops you or on a police encounter, tell him, hold on, officer, I'm gonna reach for my phone in my front pocket. I'm gonna grab that. Can you put a light on me? Yeah. Grab your phone or already have it ready and roll when they walk up. Big officer, I'm recording this interaction. It's for your safety and mine. Boom. I mean, boom, boom. Right? As a citizen, hey, officer, I'm recording this interaction for my safety and your safety. That way, you know, I'm held accountable. You're held professional. Right? Boom. Everybody's down for that. The officer's probably like, yeah, hey, body cam's rolling, man. Your safety and mine, right? Absolutely. All right, cool. Can I just get your name, license, registration? Yeah. Keeping it simple. Keeping it professional. Keeping it honest. Right? But there's some people though who are pretty real. Like I saw a guy, uh, there was a guy on the internet, there's a guy on Facebook. I was watching a little video. Officer pulled him over and um the officer goes, Hey, you know you had tail light out. Uh, so I stopped you. Okay. Can I have your license and insurance and registration? Yeah, yeah, sure. Guy's looking for it. The officer goes, So uh, where do you work at? I, I see you got a you see you got a work shirt on. The guy's like, I don't know why that's your business, officer. Oh, okay. Uh where where are you coming from? Not your business either, officer. Oh, okay, you live around? Oh, you can stop asking me questions, officer. You know, for that kind of stuff kind of gets to me because I'm like, hey, man, you know, these are people. Um, you know, we all want to scream community policing, but as soon as an officer starts asking questions, we're all, ooh, why are you talking to me? You must know where you work. You must know, maybe you work for my, he knows. Maybe you work at the local, maybe you work, maybe you work at the local diner. Maybe you work at a little uh, mechanic shop he likes to go to frequents, right? Maybe he's not going to give you that ticket, right? Maybe maybe he doesn't want to hand you a ticket and a citation if you are, are you know, maybe because they do have discretion sometimes, right? Maybe he doesn't want to hand you that citation. Like, hey, working mom, I see two I see two booster seats in the back. Nah, man, I'm not going to light her up. I'm not going to light her up with these tickets, man. It ain't worth it for her, right? I mean, in fairness, right? So I always tell people, try to be as available and open as possible. You know, just have small talk. Just have small talk. No, you small talk. Now let's go and get into these um, these police shootings, right? And this is actually going to come to us per the Washington Post. And we are in particular, I will be uh, putting this link on the description page. But this is the Washington Post uh National Police Shootings 2019 Demographics, okay? And with this website, it's really interesting. So it says that 999 people were shot and killed by police in 2019. 999, that number was last updated August 10th, 2020. So this is an ongoing thing. They, they, they're updating this 
you can search for people by name. You can search the name of people. Um, I'm going to try it now. Yeah, you can search by people by name. Um, you can search by state, by gender. It has racial breakdown. Um, white people being at four. And this is this is the racial breakdown on the website. White people at 403. Black people, 250. Hispanic, 163. Uh, other, 141 and unknown of 142 has breakdown by age. The biggest age group actually being um, 18 and under is 14, 18, 29, 267, 30 to 44, 367. So that's actually the biggest uh, range is 30 to 44, 45 and up, 282. Next biggest number, unknown 69. Uh, I'll also add that um, there were 956 males that were shot by police, 43 females. Um, Looking at the states, looks like California is in the lead with a total of um, 135. I'm going to try to find, number one, my state. Um, Looks like Missouri only had 28. That's where I'm located. Okay, Missouri. yeah, I think California leads, probably due to population size, to be fair. Uh, D.C. only had one. Um, now, mental illness, checkmarked, yes, 197. No or unknown, 802. Okay. So, this is the weapon breakdown. We have gun, 598, wielding a knife. 172 vehicle as in they tried to maybe run over the police officer the vehicle 64 toy weapon that's unfortunate 30 other i'm not sure what that means possibly machete nunchucks i don't know uh 60 unarmed 55 unknown 20 fleeing the scene in a car 100 this is i don't that's not really actually i don't really need so i'm gonna type black and with a and unarmed, black and unarmed is fourteen people. This is in twenty nineteen. Nine hundred eighty five people do not match your filter. Fourteen people shot and killed by police matching filter of one percent. One percent. Take away black. I want to put in white. Twenty five white people. Three percent of that population were shot and killed by police unarmed. So. I want to go back and I want to plug another number in for us. I want to do, I'm just going to play around with this for a minute. Let's do African-American with a gun. 106, 166 people, right? African-American mentally ill, 28 people. When you click on, so when I read those numbers earlier, those were total numbers. Now that I'm click, now that I have only African-Americans selected, these numbers are different, right? There were a total of 200, because I want to get back to the African-Americans and being humped down by individuals there were a total of 244 african-american males shot and killed by police last year now this is versing their white counterparts at 377 um there were we already heard the unarmed numbers mentally ill yes 28 african-american people were mentally ill were shot by police officers with a firearm 166 with a knife 33 with a vehicle 19 a toy weapon unfortunate six other 11 unarmed is 14. I want to match that to I want to match that to our Hispanic counterparts. Hispanic counterparts 150, 155 males with mental illness, yes, 28. Unarmed 11. I want to go back to our Caucasian counterparts. Males 133. Mental illness 110. That is a lot. It's a lot more than the other numbers. With a gun, 234. With a knife, 72. With a vehicle, 27. Toy gun, unfortunate. 15. Other 20. Unarmed is 25. 25. So I went through some of those numbers with you guys just because I wanted to kind of play around one on the site. I thought it's a little more interesting on the on the big computer than it is on the cell phone. I also want to give you guys some numbers when I'm referencing And I want to look at one number in particular, which is black and unarmed at 14%. Or I'm sorry. Oh, excuse me. Black and unarmed at 14 with a filter of 1%. 1% of the African-American population that was, and this is my thing. 
we're looking at African Americans who were killed by police, right? I'm not going to skew this because if we skew this amongst the number of total African Americans in the country, that number is probably 0.001, right? If we skew that against African Americans who encounter police, that's even less. So 1% of African Americans who were killed by police were killed unarmed. Of these unarmed individuals, 12 of the, um, I guess, 12 of the cases, officers were sentenced to jail time. There were only two where they were unarmed and they and they were not sentenced to jail time because, and I say this all the time, unarmed does not equal not dangerous. You know, I always tell people this, um, let's say you have a knife and I punch you in the face and it dazes you. And I punch you again and again and again and again. Now you're on the ground and again. And again, now you can't defend yourself because you're going unconscious and I keep hitting you. Am I not dangerous? I'm unarmed. Am I not dangerous? Right? So that's why when I always see these unarmed shootings, I'm always like, well, hold on. Let me see the body cam. Let me see any other kind of footage. Let me get more than just this one camera view from this guy's brother. Right? I need more than that. I need more than that because we need to see more than that. Right? We need to be able to see everything. So we read some of those numbers and, you know, in my personal opinion, I do not think that there is war on the black man by police in this country. I think that, I think that there's, I would say 999 is a lot. I mean, but against the total population of people who encounter police in 20, in 2019, it's not, it's not a lot. But, I mean, we still have to find ways to do better, obviously. The police do at not having those deaths. And for me, unarmed is not equal not dangerous. Unarmed is not equal not dangerous. You can be dangerous and unarmed. But in most of those cases, the people who are unarmed, officers did go to jail or or get some type of jail time. Um, so, you know... It, and I, I really do recommend that people uh, go play with those numbers and really get on that website and kind of look. I mean, really, though, you, people should really, really look at those numbers. I think the Washington Post actually has a really, really good website. Um, and, I, you know, I, I really do think that 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 website is probably the best one I've ever been on. Um, so... Yeah, I guess that's that's enough with me about the police shooting and police brutality. We're going to come back and do one more segment. I'm going to have one more uh, sponsorship. And we're going to talk about the militarization of police, community outreach, and videos. Okay, so, you know, I keep hearing the militarization of police. Um, the police are too hyper-militarized. They're using too many military-grade weapons. I always ask people, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. Um, you know, personally, my patrol car, well, my patrol car only has a shotgun, but a lot of police officers around the country only have really three lethal weapons in their vehicle at a time that kind of serve purposes. Um, you obviously, most all officers obviously carry a sidearm, which is a pistol. All police vehicles have a shotgun. Most police departments have rifles. Um, the... Pistol is goes without saying. I think it's obvious because the population has handguns, and when you're dealing close quarters, I think that's actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good weapon to use. the The rifles I have seen more introduced in law enforcement in recent when mass shootings were on the rise. Um, you know, these school shootings, mass shootings, police officers being outgunned because the population has access to AKs and Dracos and. <laughs> AR-15s with ACOG scopes on. I mean, it's you don't want to have your force, which is responsible for keeping law and order, being grossly outgunned by your criminal element. I think that police officers need to have those types of lethal weapons because they need to be able to engage people who contain those lethal, who also use those lethal weapons to hurt the public. Now, I also believe that I also do like the fact that officers carry, you know, non-lethal weapons, mace, baton taser or stun gun, whatever you want to call them. Um, 
can go hands-on, right? In a perfect society, I would say criminals, when they're caught, would just go to jail and not fight. There'd be no need for officers to walk in with guns and tasers and be prepared for this brawl. There'd be no reason for criminals to run and hop fences and really be no need for people to commit crime. (laughs) That'd be the ultimate society. However, you know, I don't know what people mean when they say, you know, uh, the police are too militarized. You know, I know that, um, I know that people were complaining because police vehicles are getting armored, right? They're getting, they're getting, um, you know, they're getting additional paneling on the outside to keep bullets from traveling in them. They're getting bulletproof glass and people say, well, that's ridiculous. And I say, is it? Because I'm looking at a video right now uh, on my Facebook that I was actually just tagged in. This is from the LAPD, uh, Wilshire Community, Community Police Station. And it's a footage of a gunman who runs out of nowhere from out of frame up to looks like two sheriff deputies and just starts shooting into their vehicle, injuring both deputies. Um, both deputies are so far... As of right now, they are alive, but they are in the hospital and they're still fighting for their lives. That's what it says. So, you know, that's why certain things like that are important. It's, you know, those those types of ambushes happen to law enforcement all the time, especially in a in a society where anti-police sentiment, anti-police rhetoric is on the rise. You know, you you have to be able to defend yourself and your officers, right? Um, and it's in a society where we were having seemed like a different school shooting every day where they're using AR-15s, Uzis, and what have you. You don't want your police force to walk in to a long hallway and guy has an AR-15 with an ACOG on it shooting down officers and they have these little pistols, right? That's not exactly uh, bringing a, you know, a winning fight, right? So... Additionally, with that, that's also why I say, you know, I think the police officers need to have those types of weapons. Now, as far as things like people say, well, do they need tanks? Do they, I've never seen a police department with a tank on it. You show me a police department with an actual tank, I'm talking like I can put a missile through it. I'm going to tell you, you don't need that, bud, because you're not shooting down any buildings. Now, the Bearcats and whatnot, you know, those, those big up-armored vehicles we see all the time in protest videos. Yeah, I think officers might need those because they're used for transporting officers without them getting hurt, which we've seen a bunch of videos where officers get bricks thrown at them and they go unconscious and they're in the ICU for three weeks, right? They get shot while they're going through the street. I mean, people are throwing gasoline on police officers and then tossing fireworks and Molotov cocktails, try to light them on fire. So no, I think a Bearcat, which for all some of you don't know, a Bearcat's like basically a really big van looks like a freaking refrigerator and it's just like super armored. <laughs> like you're not shooting through that unless you have an RPG. Um, so I think those things might be needed. Now, riot gear. I think officers need riot gear. You know, I wish we lived in a society where people could peacefully assemble and no one's going to throw a big rock at the police and try to hurt them. No one's going to throw frozen water bottles at the police. And for those and for those of you, because I know there's some of you on Facebook, and I had this conversation who think that frozen water doesn't hurt. Do me a favor, go to the store and get a just a little water bottle, you know, a little little dollar water bottle. Put it in your freezer for two days, and then have your spouse throw it at you as hard as she can, and you don't flinch, and it just hits you wherever it hits you, and tell me you don't hurt. Because that's why they need riot gear. Because these protests. There's always agitators. And I'm not saying that there's not, by and large, peaceful protesters. That's not fair. That's not being uh, very honest. That's hyperbolic. Um, But there are agitators in the crowd. And their aim is to hurt law enforcement. So, you know, ultimately, I think law enforcement needs those things because those things can prove to be a safety uh, for safety use. Um, You know, so all in all, I would have to say, Defund the police, sure, sure, defund them, but don't defund them as a punishment. Don't make it adversarial. Don't make it to a ha, 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 I took your jobs. Don't do that. If you're going to defund them, do something useful for the community. I don't mean giving to a school. Schools are the most funded things in the America. Schools are the most funded institution in America. They don't need more money. They need to be audited. 
hard. That's that's another podcast I'm doing. Be oh man, we flip my lid. Let me stop. But if you're gonna defund these police departments, you need to do something like hire social workers, right? Hire hire doctors. Um, have victim services liaisons at the ready, right? Maybe have a person who works for the state, clock around the clock. So what do you guys need? Food stamps, got it. I hope you out with that. You need a homeless shelter? Got it. I hope I can hook you up with that. We need to build more homeless shelters. There are a lot of homeless people in this country who have nowhere to go and nowhere to eat. So they break into houses, they steal things that they have to. And that's not fair to them. It's not fair to punish them for just trying to simply exist, to live, right? We need to build more homeless shelters. We need tackle the drug epidemic appropriately right appropriately we need to start making rehab of the punishment right we need to build more rehab centers we have a huge absolutely huge drug problem in this country that is monumental and i think the only way to solve it is to stop saying if you're selling drugs you can go to jail in my opinion but if you're just doing them because you you have an illness you're sick Right? It's, it's an illness. You can't stop. Sure, judge, give him five years. But give him five years in rehab. Right? And use some of this defunded money and make it to where there's a school system in these jails. There's a school system in these rehabilitation facilities. Make these halfway houses better. Make it to where these people get out and while they're in, they're benefiting society. Most when they're benefiting themselves. Because you treat people like animals, they're going to become animals. So that's why I say, if you're going to defund police, fine. You do what you do. You know, you do what you do. But don't just give the money to some politician and say, go ahead and spend it, boss. No, have a plan. Have a plan to make these people better, to make everybody better. Don't just say, defund police, I want my reparations. No. Give it back. Pay it forward. Because in the long run... It's going to make a better society for you and a better society for me. Now, the last thing I have is dismantling police. I am not with that. You will never find me, hear me saying, yeah, dismantle police departments. I think that is the most ignorant and absolutely asinine thing I think I've I've ever heard in my life. Someone has to be able to actually put law and order in. When Atlanta Police Department walked off the job, and I don't know if people really realize this, when Atlanta Police Department walked off the job for two weeks, it was anarchy. It was anarchy. And I was appalled that the news didn't cover it to the best of their abilities. If I was a news station, I'd have been all over that. Atlanta Police Department has been on work for two weeks. Shootings have rose a thousand percent. The police department in Chicago, the police in Chicago have all but stopped patrolling. I mean, they're still going, sure. But crime in Chicago, I'm not going to Chicago. I usually go once a year, not this year. No, no, sir. No, sir. Minneapolis is dismantling their police departments, replaced them with community outreach programs. That's fine. But what are you doing when somebody breaks in your house at 2 o'clock in the morning and wakes you up from the dead of your sleep? I know you're going to shoot them, right? Because what I've noticed is that citizens... We tend to talk with our guns first and our mouth second. Fist first, mouth second. That's why crime's so high right now. Police aren't patrolling. They don't want to do anything to get in trouble, spark an incident, get fired. They're not patrolling. And for that, we're seeing an increase in violent crime. Criminals have free reign. Citizens are solving things with their fist and their guns first. It's anarchy. So I think in the long run, dismantling your police department it's not going to be beneficial for you. And if anything, all you're going to do is to curl out of lawsuits. Because people are going to say, dude, why is it when I call 911 when I'm getting mugged, no one's coming? Right? And a lot of these and a lot of these police departments, for the, especially for these cities, operate majority black neighborhoods. Where those people actually want them. Because I always think it's really interesting that when I look at these videos online, the only the people 
who are majority screaming dismantle police? Bunch of white people in all black neighborhoods. Like, you don't even live here, man. You don't even live here. Who are you? Where are you from, bro? Get out of my borough. I like my police here. Because when somebody gets shot, they coming. When someone's getting mugged, they're coming. When somebody calls because the drug dealer's back, they're coming. When it's scary over here, they're coming, right? Ultimately, when citizens are scared, they're coming. I was I always think it's interesting. I haven't I have heard very few black people tell me, yeah, man, we should we should dismantle the police. We don't need them. We don't need them. I've heard very few people say that, but I've heard a whole lot of white people in these videos who don't live in these boroughs that are all black in New York and Atlanta and Chicago talk about, oh yeah, we don't need police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I know I said a lot. I know I covered a lot. Look, definitely on this one, please give me your feedback. I'm going to put all the links in the description box that you should be able to find on Spotify or whatever outlet you're using for your podcast. This will go to Twitter. This will go to the Facebook page. You can always message me on either one. You can also hit the email, okay? I'm also going to put the link to this website of Washington Post for the shooting victims and uh, um, the victims of the police shootings this year from 2019. Once again, 199. I think everybody should really play around with that. Check that out. That's beneficial for you, your knowledge, and to make sure you're more versed in these issues. So like I always say, Stay safe, wear your damn mask, man, wear your mask, stay healthy, share this podcast, give it to a friend, use it for a school assignment, just share it any way you can. And like I always say, support starts with you, the viewers, please show support. Any amount of revenue generated goes towards getting better equipment, booking guests, and travel. So I still hope I'm your favorite podcast. I hope you're still listening. Every time you get that update that there's an excellent episode of Views from the Arch, I'm Delvon, and I love being your host. Till next time.